Welcome back to another edi- edition of the SIG Podcast, Recruits Draftcast. I'm your host, producer Shane, joined by the magnificent Grant McCagg. Uh, today, we're going to be delving into Grant's new number one for this year's draft. We're going to get to that in just a moment. We're, all, we're also going to be talking about busts, but with a twist. You'll want to tune in. We're also going to be delving into our Habs Prospect of the Week, Riser of the Week, and as usual, Prospect of the Week. So let's get started. Turn up your volume, because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast, Recruits Draftcast. And with the first overall selection in the 2023 NHL Draft, the Chicago Blackhawks are very proud to select from the Regina Pats, the Western Hockey League, Connor Bedard. The sickest NHL draft and scouting podcast. It's going to be sick. All right, before we get going, Grant, I got to ask you, feeling any better? Oh, yeah, yeah. There Maybe not quite ma- magnificent as you uh, you always allude to it, me being, you know. Too uh, humble. Yeah, uh, but... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I feel a lot better for sure. That's Eyes it. aren't That's burning, uh, you know. Hopefully, people can watch this one, not just <laughs> listen to, it, not just listen to it. That's it. No, <laughs> I, I think everybody's kind of catching it or getting off of it. So we're yeah. both getting off of it. It's it's still the sick podcast, but we're not as sick. All right, so it sh- <laughs> it should be a little more enjoyable this time around. Uh, Grant, you mentioned to me earlier that. Your draft rankings are going to be updated, right? You got to stay in tune with recruits.ca for that. But you're going to talk about your new number one, right? It was our um, Siliev, right? We've, we've talked about him a bunch on the show, but somebody has dethroned him. So who might that be? Well, it's not really new. It's the old. <laughs> it's a new old number yeah. one. I mean, it. When I put Salayev uh, number one, it was when the NCAA season hadn't started yet. And mm-hmm. Salayev had uh, like five points in his first six KHL games, and he was rocking and rolling, like not just defensively, but offensively. Since then, I don't think he's gotten five points, you know, uh, more points. Uh, so a little bit of question about just maybe how much offensive upside there is with him. But uh, definitely still a fantastic prospect and, and in my top two. But um, Macklin Celebrini, I mean, just uh, he's been lights out uh, for, from the start of the season and, um, you know, catching quite a bit of BU, um, not only for Macklin, but to keep an eye on uh, Mr. Lane Hudson as well for, for our Habs uh uh, followers and um they, they, they make quite a quite an awesome tandem uh um what i've been chatting with a few scouts in addition to what i've been seeing and the word is that um you don't see the the name Sidney crosby tossed out there as far as a comparison for a for a draft prospect too often but uh, people are starting to uh, to at least whisper that he is that that type of uh, he has that type of potential because wow he's just uh, he's going to be awesome defensively as well as offensively mm-hmm. and uh, could someday perhaps be a selkie 
trophy candidate as well as a top 10 point producer. Um, not many prospects, not many NHL players you can say that about. Sidney Crosby would be one. Um, just his leadership qualities, his intensity, his smarts, uh, defensive hockey sense are all high level uh, in addition to you know his great skill, his vision, his puck skills. He checks off all the boxes, and um, because of that, he's uh, he's for sure number one at this point, and I'd be surprised if uh, he gets supplanted from that again, um, yeah. unless Silayev starts putting up you know point per point per game numbers again, like he did at the start of the season. Then he might get back in the conversation because uh, you know. Um, Poor man's Crosby versus a uh, Victor Hedman. That'd be pretty close. So, um, but at this point, those two have separated themselves for me. Now Demidov's been injured, so you you know out of sight, out of mind uh, type type thing. But um, he may end up being back ahead of Weiserman as he was at the start of the year for me. Um, Eisenman got off to that blazing start at the start of the year and, uh, scoring like, you know, a couple goals a game. Mm -hmm. Uh, they had an under 18 tournament four nations cup last week. And, um, I mean, he got six points, but he actually disappointed the, uh, the fellows that were over there, the crossover scouts that I've talked to since, uh, since the tournament, um, Bit of a needs to work on his all around game. Certainly, there's no comparison between him and Celebrini when it comes to all of the different uh, aspects of Celebrini's game. Um, he's a bit of a one trick pony, as they like to call it, where he uh, he's a fantastic shooter and he's going to score goals. But you know, Brett Hull or Sidney Crosby, you know who who would who would you? take on your team if you wanted to win a Stanley Cup playoff game well you go with you go with Crosby so yeah. <laughs> not that Celebrini's the next Crosby but he's at least being uh used in the same breath and uh at this point he separated himself from Eisenman and um so he's the uh clear-cut North American number one prospect at this time wow so, I mean, when you're you're talked about in the same breath as Crosby, that's you know, that's no small feat right there. That's pretty impressive. Now, obviously, we're not talking about the next Crosby, but in the similar type of mold, similar type of game, right? Very complete player. So Macklin Celebrini yeah. now number one on Grant's list. I you know, I think we have a strong feeling he'll he'll stay there for most of the year and probably until the draft. Uh, since I mean. Most everybody who's seen him play agrees with that, eh? He's well, he's dominant at the college level as a freshman already. So um he's really impressing everyone. Yeah. And, and BU is is yeah, they're 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 no San Jose Sharks, we'll say it like that, right? They're 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 a weapon of the team. And I mean they got obviously got Lane Hudson in the back end, but they've got Lane's brother Quinn, who also scored a hat trick recently. They got you know, have his prospect Luke Tuck up front as well. So anyways, they're, they're a loaded team and 
I think it's a good environment for Macklin to to play his his draft eligible eligible year and you know boost his stock clearly because he's not hurting it. Um, <laughs> so all right, I've I've been wanting to touch on this a little bit, and I'm happy that you know the players we're going to be talking about are are performing well this year. Um, maybe it's because I'm on Twitter or, or X or whatever you want to call it too much, but these these keyboard warriors that you know after 20 games of of a top five pick who's not doing too well ah he's a bust he's a bust we shouldn't have drafted him he sucks you know and and it it just bothers the hell out of me i try to you know scroll and ah whatever but it 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 sucks because these players are just starting their nhl career and and i don't think people understand just how hard the nhl is Right. It's not like I've played in it and I can tell you, oh, it's it's at this level. Right. But anybody who has played in it says it's just a completely different level. You have the best players from around the world in one league. It's going to be tough, especially when you're 18, you're still developing. Right. So we're going we're to be talking about busts here. OK, now, Grant, when I when I mention the word bust, can you can you off the top of your head, who are some names that come to mind? Um, Patrick Stefan, first overall pick, uh, Nail Yakupov, um, guys that are picked very high who, you know, by about five, six years in or are, are no longer in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Um, typically it's, it's a European cause they end up heading back over and playing, getting a good salary and, and playing, you know, KHL or what have you. Um, but, uh, those are, and I mean, you, you know, you can talk about a, maybe a Michael Dalcole, that type of guy where still a top five or six pick who never really cracks the NHL for whatever reasons it, for him, it was skating, I think more than anything, but, um, I think any player that's, that's a top 10 pick that, you know, doesn't have a, isn't a regular NHL for a decade or more uh you can you can label a bust i think just generally speaking that's it that's it it's it's always you know top five top 10 pick who as you mentioned after four to six years still hasn't contributed to the nhl still hasn't developed into what they were promised to be is when you can call them a bust that is a bust unless they're a habs prospect and then anyone that's picked in the top first round if he doesn't become a star is a, is a bust. There you go. (laughs) Michael McCarron, you know, 25th overall in a crappy draft. Yeah. Uh, Well, you you know, there's thousands of Habs fans that call him a bust because he, uh, he didn't become a star, even though every player picked between 16 and 40, I think in that draft, uh, like 90% of them are are even in the NHL anymore. At least McCarron's still getting an NHL paycheck, you know. Yeah, he's no star, that's for sure. But to label him a bust at 25th overall is uh, that to me doesn't compute. It's the really high picks because the percentages say 80 80 percent plus of them become regular, yep. have have a 10 year career or more. Uh, well, if you're in the 20 percent, that's not good. So uh, it, it's got to be a top five, top 10 pick exactly. that uh, doesn't become a, you know, 
a regular NHLer for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So okay, we've we've established the term bust. Okay, this this is what we'll be analyzing, right? Now, there's three players that came to mind, you know, off the bat, and there's probably more. And if you can think of any, put them in the comments, let us know. But there's three guys right now that I remember were being called busts every single day, saying, ah, they were picked too high. This guy will never pan out. He sucks, whatever. And I want to start with Alexis Lafreniere because this one's fresh, okay? 2020 draft, three years ago. And sure, he maybe hasn't lived up to the hype of being the first overall pick. But take a look at this season, right? 11 points in 14 games. He's a he's a top six guy on a very good New York team. And he's a strong contributor. He plays with Panarin, who ha- who's like on a 14-game point streak right now. Very valuable to his team. Now, maybe he wasn't the first overall pick, but in a redraft he goes top five easily. So to me, that's that's not necessarily a bust. When I'm thinking bust, I'm thinking Patrick Stefan. I'm thinking Neil Yakupov, guys who aren't even in the league anymore. You know what I mean? So three years in, we're not even at the five-year mark, the five-year golden rule, right? Three years in, and he's already at 11 points in 14 games, a very valuable player for the New York Rangers this season and moving forward, no doubt, right? And if we stay in that same 2020 class, the guy picked right below him, Quinton Byfield, was also being called a bust because he didn't, he hadn't yet achieved the NHL level, right? He was hanging around in the AHL, all injuries and all that. Look at him now, 13 points in 14 games. Hello. All right, three years in. He's already uh, playing on the first line with Kopitar. Um, he's, he's, again, a very valuable player for the LA Kings. This, this is what I mean, right? And then let's take a look at a guy who is on his fifth year. Yasperi Kotkaniemi, all right? 2018 draft, 13 points in 15 games this year, playing on the second line with, I believe, Natchez and Bunting. Uh, anyways, the lines keep changing, but the point is val- very valuable player for the Carolina Hurricanes, all right? Players take time to develop. None yeah. of these guys are busts. None of them. Okay. And if, if we take it one step further, all right, the one, one pretty extreme example that a lot of people refer to when talking about bust is Joe Thornton, right? First season, 55 games, seven points as the first overall pick. Ew, stinky. He's a bust. Oh yeah. 1,539 points in 1,714 games. First ballot hall of famer, one of the best players ever. Yeah. Well, okay. Is well, I, you want me to, okay. Don't add any more players. Cause you already got about a half hour worth of talk for me here. Um, <laughs> uh, it's funny to look back at that year. Um, Daniel Kachuk, uh, spelled a little differently than the, you know, Brady Kachuk, but yeah, that's how you pronounced it too. Uh, he was sixth overall to Calgary that year. Uh, you know, there's an example of the, oh, send him back to junior where he can get his offensive confidence. You know, there's always this talk about offensive confidence. Well, um, Kachuk, I think, went back and had like 100 points or something like that, played in the world juniors. Mm-hmm. Um, while Thornton's struggling at the NHL level and they, you know, didn't get a 
got one goal and no assists in his first 31 games and ended up with eight points in the season. Well, there were people saying, you know, Kachuk uh, is going to be a better NHLer than, look, he got 100 points in junior. Thornton only got eight points. And, like, it's that's not how it works. Like, you don't, you know, there's no chart that says, well, 100-point scorer in junior after he was drafted means that you had to score 40 at the NHL level to be equal. There's just, it's just, it's irrelevant. Everyone has a different development curve. But, uh, um, Jumbo Joe ended up with, uh, I think, 1,500 more points than Kachuk in his career. <laughs> so, you know, it just, <laughs> there's the prime example right there where, oh, sending them down to a lower league to get offensive confidence, which we've been hearing about Slavkovsky all year. Hmm. You know, typically a kid who's in the NHL that young, get sent down to the minors like Joshua Waugh or who, whoever you may, uh, you know, um, bring up. It's because they need to develop their defensive game. They're, they're all around game. They're two way game, you know, maybe work on their speed a bit, stuff like that. Well, as we've, as we've seen in the last few games with Slavkoski as a, you know, uh, example, he, he's pretty good already defensively. Like there, uh, he doesn't have to go down to uh, work on his defensive game. There's no better place to develop your offensive game if you're already good enough away from the puck than the NHL. You, you know that's where you that's where you become better. Like you're shooting on NHL goalies, mm-hmm. you're going around NHL defensemen. You're you're trying to get away from NHL forwards. You're trying to skate at that level. There's not a better place to develop your offensive game than at the NHL level. So typically, it's if the kid's ready to help your team and contribute, uh, n- not necessarily getting points, that they'll play him in the NHL now a- and let them learn. You know, because it's it's the hardest league in the world. It's tough. Not everyone steps in and scores a point a game. I mean, it's very rare. Patrick Laine and Matthews were two examples of kids yeah. that that came in and were very productive right away. But they're the exception, not the rule. Outliers, yeah. You know? Um, now, I don't know that... Uh, I think you would still have to say that Lafreniere to this point in his, in his career has been a disappointment. Of course. Now bust. No, you, cause it's three and a bit years in mm-hmm. and you wait, but um, he, you know, he joined a, a, a Rangers team that's been competitive the last three years that had guys in their top six that were playing better. So he was typically put on the third line with Keitel and, you know, um, uh, Kako. Kako. Kids that are also still trying to, you know, break into a top nine on a good team. So a lot of times it's opportunity and ice time are big factors. And it's one of the reasons why Lafreniere... 
I mean, most of us thought that he would step into a top six role in the NHL, even with a, a team as good as New York. And I think he's had to work on his speed and his conditioning, and he's starting to figure all that out. And sometimes it takes a kid, uh, you know, maybe he didn't have a great uh, off season his first year or two, and uh, light bulb's gone off, and and you know he's figuring that out because um, he wasn't the fastest guy in the world even in his draft year, a uh, little uh, heavy set. And he's probably had to lean, you know, build some lean muscle up. And and uh, the impressive thing for me is the seven goals, more so than the eleven That's points, nice. right? He's he's on pace for forty. So if he can come anywhere close to that, <laughs> look at his age. What 22, 23, 40 goal scorer? Yeah, the the bust label will be gone forever at that point. And and similarly with with Byfield, where uh, didn't necessarily. Did, I mean, a lot of us thought it at the time, and it, and it's become uh, you know it's come to fruition. The fact that Byfield was better suited to be a winger at the NHL mm-hmm. level, um, just it didn't it didn't seem like that was the ideal, especially if you wanted him to become productive at the NHL level, putting him, and again, it's opportunity, you know, you put him with one of the best centers uh, in the NHL of the past 15 years in Kopitar and give him first line minutes and, and big minutes. Well, odds are that he, he was going to start producing. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, we're, we're, I mean, to get back to Slavkoski again, uh, Six games he's played with either Caulfield, Doc, or, you know, Caulfield or Doc. And in those six games, they were his best six games of the year. The other games that he played with Newhook and Anderson, Newhook as his center, he struggled. Well, is that all on Slavkoski? No. It it, it has to do with, with, with line mates, with opportunity, and uh, building his confidence. So, um both Byfield playing with uh, Kopitar and Lafreniere getting to play with Panarin. I mean, it's not a surprise that they're starting to find their uh, production at the NHL level. Mm-hmm. Um, and it goes in tune with them being ready to do that. So you have to be patient with them. Uh, people aren't. And um, they're just too two great examples of uh of why you uh y- you don't rush uh t- to judge um i think one of the big reasons why they've been labeled as bust by a lot of people is it's usually because somebody else from the draft class that was picked after them ends up being better hmm. that doesn't mean that they're bust no Just exactly that, that guy's better you know, uh, Stutzla, like I'd still take Stutzla over those two if, yeah. if if we did the draft again. And I'd probably take Sanderson ahead of them too at this point. But, uh, you know, it certainly would, wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility that you took Lafreniere or, or uh, Byfield instead. 
like they're in the, they're at least in the conversation mm -hmm. two years ago. No, where last year, no, you would have said, you know, those two guys for sure. But, um, and you know, Stutzla's was a top three pick. So it's not like, uh, you know, he was a fourth rounder that's developing into a superstar. He was, you know, I mean, I know NHL teams that had him top, top two, you know, a lot of scouts did. So it's not a surprise. I mean, I had, I had both, um, Stutzla and Sanderson ahead of Byfield. Um, that wasn't the, you know, the consensus by any means with, with independent scouts, that's for sure. It was the opposite, but so I haven't been surprised by it, but at the same time, uh, I've never labeled Byfield as a bust or Lafreniere because I've been around the game too long to know that the five year rule, it, it applies always. Mm -hmm. And we've seen it with KK. This is actually year six for KK. Yeah, that's it. He's getting into year six. Uh, but, you know, you look at it after five years, and it's not always just five years, and you say, well, you know, did he produce what, what we expect in his fifth year? But you look at it, and you, you know, was KK making progress? Certainly. I mean, the second half of last year, he was, yeah, he was uh, 30. I think he had at least 30 points in the second half of last season. Um, I mean, that double of what he was scoring at Montreal when he left. Um, and this year so far, he's taking another step offensively. And again, given uh, Jordan Stahl, a heck of a centerman, you know, uh, Aho. He wasn't going to play again uh, ahead of those guys when he first came to Carolina, especially Aho. So he got third line, you know, third and fourth line when he first came to Carolina. Still a young guy, still adapting to the NHL. Well, now he's in that top six, which they, you know, you bounce them, juggle them around any way you like. He's got good line mates now. Yeah. Well, and a little more uh, offensive opportunity. It's no surprise to me. I, I, you know, anyone that's followed me on Twitter for the last five years knows that I preached uh, patience with, with KK and, and, you know, backed him the whole time that he was getting vilified uh, when he was with the Canadians that, uh, you know, especially a, a big gangly European that has to adapt to the North American game that can take uh look at Joel Erickson Eck. Mm. He's an even better example. Took him yeah. seven years really to become the productive, as productive as, as he is now. Joel er Erickson Eck is a hell of a NHL center now all Good around. Time. He's a poor man's Kopitar, you know, big mm. kid that can, uh, that can play two-way game that can chip in at least 60 points for you. But it took him six, six, seven years to, to finally reach that level of offensive confidence that he has now. And uh, Minnesota's got a great one. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's patience, um, you know, wait five years for these kids to develop 
And if uh, it, you know, if they're like Kachuk, uh, Brady Kachuk or Stutzla, and they, you know, they reach that before, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But don't uh, don't compare. You know, th- there's more than one great player in each draft class, typically, and sometimes the, the you know, some guys are great sooner than than others, but it doesn't mean that uh, that uh, the kid that takes longer is a bust if he doesn't produce in his first few years. Bingo, bingo. And, you know, I think this is a fantastic segue to our Habs prospect of the week, who happens to be Philip Meshar, who has gotten way too much flack, okay, be- just because Yuri Kulich was drafted after him. Like you mentioned, Grant, this... The, I mean, I don't know what to call it, this sort of bias where a player drafted after, like, what was he, like one or two ranks after? That's It's the same range, essentially, right? It's, it's just a few picks different. He's really doing well in the AHL, but, you know, what about Philip Meshar? And look at that, Habs prospect of the week. What's he done so far? Oh, he's been uh, lights out since he came back to uh, junior this year. Um. You can see by these clips, his skating, his vision, his shot, playmaking. He's uh, he's an elite playmaker. Mm-hmm. He's probably going to, I wouldn't be surprised if he got 50 assists in the OHL this year, depending, I guess, uh, how many games he misses. But um, he, uh, I mean, and he's playing with Rakoff, right, who's who's broke, yeah. broken out. So uh, Rakoff's leading the, the OHL in goals. Uh, big reason is uh, Meshar. He's setting him up. But he, he, we've seen a shot a couple of times here where he, you know, he always had the shot, but he's more of a playmaker, as you can see in those highlights there. Mm-hmm. But uh, drives the play uh, more so than most wingers do at the junior level. Um, often the guy bringing the puck into the zone, and he could play center too. Like he can play either. So. Um, He's, it took him, took him two years or like a year and a bit to fully adapt to the uh, North American game at the junior level. And uh, I'm glad he got sent back down. Yeah. Um, I mean, Kitchener added, added uh, Roman Schmidt last week on defense. They're leading, uh, they're right at the top of the standings in the, in the Western Conference in, in uh, the OHL. Uh, they could have they could go on a really long playoff run, and then Meshar as well is going to play for for a Slovakian team that's going to be very competitive at the World Juniors too. That's it. So he's in the right spot, I think. He's uh he's going to have a lot of confidence going into next year as a as a you know as a first year AHL pro and. uh and be a regular next year on Laval. That wasn't going to be the case this year. And I'm glad that they, instead of the, giving them the Meshack t- treatment like Meshack got last year, mm-hmm. um, sent him back to junior on a good team, good coaching, good good organization. Let him uh, get more adapted to the North American game, find his offensive confidence before turning pro and he'll, you know, one more off season 
getting stronger, quicker, working, you know, working on his body to get ready for the AHL next season. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe, uh, I mean, if the, if the, uh, if the, if he keeps improving at the, at the pace he has in the last, uh, you know, since the end of last season, maybe he even pushes for a, for an NHL spot next year. Mm, there you go. There you go. I've actually, I've gotten the chance to meet Philip in person. Um, great kid, great kid, great attitude, yeah. really yeah. nice guy. Um, and we are the same height. Uh, I'm five ten, by the way. So it was, it was pretty interesting, but he is, he is slightly bigger though. I'll give him that. He's, he's, he's a, a thick boy. Um, yeah, all right. Maybe. Riser. <laughs> What's that? Yeah. Yeah. Jeez, I hope so because I saw you in person too. And uh, <laughs> no, that's it. No, I'm 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 about 170, so he's yeah, yeah, he's yeah. definitely bigger than me. But uh, <laughs> no, he li- listen. He's he's no. Uh, I was gonna say the M word, but anyways, he, he's no uh, gnome. We'll say that. All right, people can say <laughs> ah, he's undersized. He's undersized. Not that much. All right, he's he's still like five ten. It's he. It's a fine height. Anyways, I yeah. really like Philip Meshar. I wish him nothing but success in the OHL and in the world juniors next month, by the way, next it, month. So this channel is going to be popping off. All right. Better be it, ready. It's interesting that, um, the, like they got rid of a European there. Um, Hamara, who's mm. a Senator's draft pick. Uh, he, when they brought Schmidt back, he requested a trade, but they only have the one year Euro, which is Meshar. Uh, keep an eye on the, um, Pobazal, he he. I imagine he'll be playing for Slovakia at the uh, at the World Juniors. He's um, he's an underage, so he's not eligible for the draft till next year. But um, Kitchener picked him in the import draft, and um, I have a feeling. I reached out to Bob McKenzie, who would you know would know, seeing that his son Mike is the the GM, and you know. Yeah. And just ran it by him, say, you know, geez, do they, they got an import spot there, Euro, uh, might they lure Pobazel over? And of course, he doesn't know one way or the other, but didn't dis- discount that it, that they'll at least try, you know. And, and you see a lot of them, uh, um, come out, come over right after the, the World Juniors, right? Yeah. So, they had that other, you know, another really skilled. He had Pobazal played one junior game in Slovakia this year and got five points and then called him up to the Slovakian league, you know. So he's playing against men, um, underage guy. So there's a lot of potential there. And uh, mm-hmm. it'd be kind of cool if he came over, had two the two Slovaks on the, Kitchener and make them only stronger and and yeah you know and then the, uh, typically they're at the top of the standings they'll trade for a couple of more guys maybe Owen Beck you know or well Peterborough is actually in first place and we had a chat with Mike Oak so that's it uh, you know I I could see Beck staying there but um, uh, who knows Cedric Gandon. Maybe he gets picked up by them, and there's a couple of have prospects on Kitchener, but they'll they'll uh, they could be a um, a Memorial Cup contender this year, and that be, would be 
only uh, beneficial for Meshar and his development. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Good stuff from uh, from the Rangers. Um, Okay, Riser of the Week. Again, another great name, Grant. You're on on a roll here. Teddy Stiga. I like that. What's he done? Yeah, he played played in the Four Nations uh, Under-18 tournament uh, last week. And uh, wasn't really on my radar um, going into the tournament. I haven't seen a lot. This is really the first. I don't typically put a lot of stock into the start of the year on the U.S. development team playing against uh, USHL teams and college teams. But um, this uh, um, this Stiga kid, he... Uh, he played on the top line with Hagens and and Zemer, and had six points in the tournament. Mm-hmm. And um, not the biggest kid in the world, but as you can see in these highlights, he's slippery. He's got really good edges, um, good skater, quick, and uh, got very good offensive instincts. So the fact there, nice rebound goal. The fact that he. Uh, you know, wasn't really like when I'm talking to scouts that have been seeing them, hadn't really been mentioning him. And then for him to be on the top line at that tournament and then to produce and to score skilled goals like he did in that tournament, um, he's he's uh, climbed and he's going to be on my, uh, I, I'm going to be updating my rankings this week and Stiga is going to, jump into the into the rankings and because of that we're calling him the riser of the week love it love it cool name and cool player very nice okay prospect of the week now this is another name that might raise some eyebrows alexander zetterberg and i I already know what kind of questions you're asking when you're watching this uh yes he is a distant relative of henrik zetterberg i don't know that he'll be the same type of player but one thing's for sure Mm -hmm he is the prospect of the week. Yeah. I mean, you know, not necessarily, it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, they, they stand out as uh, great NHL draft prospects. They just had a great week, you yeah. know? Um, I mean, you, you, well, look at that goals. The kid's got skill. Now, uh, what, what it may keep him out of the first round is, like, look at the size of him. You know, he's 5'9", maybe 5'10". Uh, offensive, one-way kind of player, winger. But um, he may not be on, uh, you know, in the first round on a lot of draft uh, lists for NHL scouts. But kid skilled. Kid had a hell of a tournament. He scored two goals in every game in Ooh. the three games at the tournament. And all all types, as you can see by these uh, highlights. And there, this is back in junior, where he picked up an assist as well. But uh, you know, consistently produ- producing. Um, he uh, two goals, two goals, two goals in the three games that he played at the Four Nations Cup, uh, and picked up an assist as well. Seven points. Give him the nod as the uh, as a prospect of the week because. A lot of crossover scouts at the tournament 
And you you know, sure, the guys that I talked to weren't aren't over the top about him, predominantly because of his size. But you you can be sure that there were uh, scouts at that tournament who who were pretty impressed. I mean, you, you saw by the highlights, the kids the kids got uh, NHL skill level now. Does it translate to the NHL game? That'll be up for the, you know, we get the rest of the year to try to figure that out. But mm-hmm. uh, certainly he's a top 50 guy. Um, I've got him in my top 40. Now, whether he cracks the first round or not remains to be seen. But if he keeps, you know, the next U18 tournament, if he does the same thing again, and then at the U18s at the end of the year, if he... uh which which will be the best tournament which will have Canada and and you know everyone will be setting their best um to that tournament then you never know he might uh he might end up sneaking into the first round on some draft lists despite the limitations with his size uh, unfortunately he's a little undersized but the kids uh you can't knock a skill and you can't knock uh, what he did at the uh, U18 tournament. So we give him the nod for, for the prospect of the week. And well-deserved Alex Zetterberg recruits draft cast, uh, recruits draft cast prospect of the week. Uh, that about wraps it up for us. Thank you as always for tuning in, supporting, uh, you know, if you can leave a like, that'd be awesome. As always, leave us a comment, right? Uh, we, we asked you if there's a bust that you th- you thought about that turned out to not be a bust, let us know. Uh, we definitely missed some names. There are a lot. So um, we thank you all for watching. As always, go check out recruits.ca. Grant's coming out with his updated rankings, right? We know number one is going to be Macklin Celebrini, but uh, we don't know the rest. So keep an eye yeah. on that. And, uh, you know, the, the World Junior coming up. So next month, we're going to be rocking on this channel. We're going to be covering it all. And we're going to be having a lot of fun. So we hope that you can tune in as well. That wraps it up, folks. Goodbye. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast Recruits Draftcast on YouTube, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.